0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Matchday Podcast. My name is Zafin Banister and this is my co-host, Luca Rizzo.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So, Luca, how's like, the football finally is back? Bundesliga, it may not be English football, but we finally saw some live football for the first time in a long time.
1: Oh, it was great. Um, I watched a couple games over the weekend. Um, I thought they were both decent quality football. Um very much comparable to a game in the Premier League and... Um, I think it's just great because it's just another thing to keep you entertained while we're still stuck at home and uh, staying alert.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't really understand how good the Bundesliga actually is. Like, I didn't really follow it as closely as I think I should have before this weekend. And I, I was watching it. And the quality of football on some of the teams is amazing. I like I. W- I was just watching the highlights of all the games while we're, uh, while we for the upcoming segment, and you can really tell they they train them really well for certain things. Like they're probably the best team in the world for counter-attacking. The amount of goals they score from winning the ball in the field is amazing.
1: And also, a little stat I've got for you. In the Premier League, the um, average goals per game is 2.7. The Bundesliga is 3.3. 3. So if we're going off goals, it's actually a more exciting league than the Premier League. Obviously, goals aren't the entire football matches. There's red cards, there's the fans, there's the the uh, the rivalries. But I think... It's definitely a higher-scoring league and a, a freer uh free-of-throwing, free-flowing league, and the football is far more end-to-end. you have to talk about the
0: fans. German fans are absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah. Kind of wish we could have seen the games behind without closed doors. Obviously, we had to, but uh, we won't be playing seeing any football without closed doors for a very long time now, which is disappointing. But I, the Bundesliga fans, particularly the Dortmund fans, who are very famous with the yellow wall, they just they just fantastic, and I'm I'm definitely even after Premier League and English football comes back, I'm still going to be following the Bundesliga a lot more than they used to.
1: Oh, I definitely I definitely agree. Um Now we're going to obviously go through the games because, well, we've got live football and the matchday podcast. The whole idea to set this up was to. Talk about the match day, the weekend, the game week, and that's why your episode is coming to you on Tuesday now because we had a Bundesliga game on Monday, so we couldn't record until that Werder Bremen Leverkusen game was done. So we're going to bring you a little roundup on each game, and then we can just quickly touch up on what games are coming next week and what to look out for next week. But um, I think let's let's get started.
0: Yep, uh, I'm going to be starting us off. We're going to go through the games. Luke's going to do the description of the match, and I'm going to do a description of the goals. So, starting off, we're going to go to Schalke Dortmund. Uh, the the scoring for Dortmund was opened in one nil. Trek picked the ball up in defence and plays it forward to Brandt, and then Brandt flicked on his back towards Hazard on the wing, who crossed it in for Harlan to tuck away in the bottom corner. Really, really quality goal, and I think, although the celebration might have been a bit cringy and not exactly what we want to be seeing. The football there was absolutely lovely. For the second goal, uh, Schubert clears poorly and passes it to the field midfielder, Chan, who plays it forward towards Brandt. Brandt plays a through ball to Guerrero, who runs onto and finishes calmly into the bottom corner of the net across the goalie. Uh, for the third goal, Brandt won it in midfield and plays a quick yet accidental one-two with Haaland. From outside the box on the left, Brandt plays towards Thorgan Hazard, who calmly finishes down the middle past the goalie. However, the goalie, Schubert, I was really not impressed with this game. And I think definitely. definitely saved, especially the third one and was at fault for the second one as well, that poor clearance. And for the final goal of the game, Haaland won an area of ball in midfield, who headed it down to Brandt. Brandt played a quick 1 2. Uh, Brandt played it into space for Guerrero to run onto on the left. And Guerrero played a quick 1 2 of uh before breaking the offside trap and putting an amazing outside of the foot volley past the keeper. One thing to note in that goal, though, John Joe Kenny, really poorly in what has been quite a good season for him, kept him on side and didn't stick with the rest of the defence. That was a poor mistake from Kenny there.
1: Uh, yeah, the whole goal I've got here, Well, there were some excellent goals, especially that first one. I mean, it's a beautiful team goal. Go and watch it. I think the finish from Haaland just shows what he's about. He, he was involved in all the goals in some way or another. Uh, just He's transformed this Dortmund team into the attacking beast that it is since arriving in January. Schalke, I was disappointed actually. Um, David Wagner's impressed me at Hudderfield, especially in that first season when he managed to keep them up and I'd been told he'd done really well. I mean, they just looked no quality up front, awful goalkeeping um, and they've, despite a slow start from Dortmund actually, they didn't start the game particularly well. Schalke were the best team for maybe 10 minutes after that Schalke weren't in the game and I think it just showed the the gap in quality
0: between the two teams. Yeah, um, I'd say that um, there's yeah the two things you can pick up from this game is clearly that they desperately need Alexander Nubel back. Schalke, Schubert, even though he's a second, he's a second goalkeeper, he's been absolutely poor. And Nubel being injured is really going to be a massive problem for them. And someone who I've really thought has been was very good in that game, and you can see he's involved in every single goal. Is uh, Julian Brand? He hasn't had the best of season with Dortmund so far. But that game, he was in the build-up every single goal and really looked quality, I think.
1: Yeah, he popped up in some good positions and um, really controlled the tempo of the game. I think that's another difference we have in the Bundesliga Premier League. I think there's a lot more, like, a lot less mid balls just floating about in midfield. I think there's a lot more direct attacks and more, you know, counter-attack on counter-attack on counter-attack. In the Premier League, I think there's a bit more of a slower pace to the actual games. Um, which makes the Bundesliga very exciting. Not to take anything away from the Premier League, obviously, it's a brilliant league, maybe the best league in the world. But I think that was very exciting and very different for, from this weekend.
0: Uh, yeah, now moving on to the next game in Leipzig versus Freiburg. Uh, for the first goal, the Freiburg corner was taken quickly by Vincenzo Grifo, who swung it into the near post. Gilder then flicked the ball through his legs and gets just enough on to steer it past the bemused Golovsky in net. A uh, bit of a fluke goal and not really much that Leipzig defence could have done about it. Uh, for the equaliser, Kevin Campbell collects the ball after a failed attack on the left side of the midfield and swung it, what a beautiful cross into the middle of the box for Yusuf Pausen to rise highest and head into the top corner of the net to equalise for Leipzig. Uh, I thought Leipzig were quite dominant in this game and probably should have won it and I think were, this is probably going to take the steam out of their title chances. What do you think,
1: Luca? I definitely agree with that. I mean, Freiburg scored with their only shot on target. Uh, Leipzig absolutely destroyed them all game long. Leipzig get... a uh, uh, Freiburg, sorry, get a, one lucky chance. They tap it in and Leipzig have to chase the game. Um, they definitely should have won it. Um, in the end, Paulson actually saved them from utter humiliation. Um, but I think now, seven points behind Bayern. Do Bayern drop seven points before the end of the season? No, probably not. Um and Leipzig's form doesn't really back them to do it either. They've still yeah. got a Champions League, if that goes ahead, um, which is another question for another day. But um, I thought Leipzig were somehow unlucky and lucky in the same game because it, they were really 10 minutes away from a really poor loss.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a problem for them this season because they ha- actually have the least wins, but they've just kept on drawing games where they've struggled to get the final goal just to push past these teams but sit back and I think that title race is probably over for them and it's going to look like a two horse race again or for Dortmund and Bayern although Gladbach might be able to pull some shock away. Uh, Moving on to the third game we have Hertha Berlin versus Hoffenheim uh, a 3-0 route for Hertha Berlin but the first goal Grek sprays the ball out to Plattenhart on the left who crosses Whose cross is cleared out to Pekarik on the edge of the box Pekaric fires a first-hand volley, which deflects into the net off Akpoguma, opening the scoring on the 58th minute. Not really much Akpoguma could do that, and just an unlucky deflection for what would have been a wayward shot. For the second goal, Plattenhart Hart plays the ball down the left channel for Mittelstadt, who crosses it into the centre of the box to Ibišević to run on for, and header for Hertha's second. And the third goal, which was the cherry on the cake, Kuhn collects the ball on the far side of left midfield, beats Akpaguma in what was a terrible game for him, to run into the box and curl into the top corner from a tight angle in a really beautiful solo goal. What do you have for this game?
1: Well, I think this is a kind of a continuation of what we saw before the break in the Bundesliga. Hoffenheim, they've had struggles. Um, their best striker, uh, Ante Rebic, he's had injuries. Um, not Ante Rebic, sorry. Rebic. Oh, the Krammer, it's just, I always get the confused. Anyway, Crammerich, uh, he's had injuries the whole way through the season, so they've struggled for goals. And um, Yeah, Hertha played a great game, but unfortunately for them, they took headlines for the wrong reasons after this game, because they actually broke social distancing in celebrations, and uh, they were kissing each other on the head, which maybe you think oh, is a bit unnecessary after they've been tackling each other all game, but the Bundesliga does have guidelines on celebrations um you have to stay two meters apart in celebrations no close contact in celebrations and hertha broke that and they were they received a statement from the bundesliga saying please don't do that again so uh hertha taking the headlines for the wrong reasons but they did put in a good performance on the pitch
0: yeah it was a, a continuation of what we see in the and transfer window because uh, although i think obicevic was a very good player for them that game I think, again, we saw the quality that Matthias Cunha has brought in. He's really started really well for half of Berlin. Uh, Although he struggled at Leipzig, uh, that solo goal was, again, a sign of his quality. And long may it last, his excellent form up front, along with Obisovic. Moving on to the fourth game of the night, Augsburg versus Wolfsburg. For the first half, the ball was swung into the box, where Renato Stefan rose the highest to head into the far corner. Osmo equalised when it was swung into the box from a free kick to the right uh, side of midfield. There's a scramble in the box and Tin Yedvac somehow manages to get it into the back of the net. And for the late winner, which was really a strong point for Wolfsburg in their hopes for European football, um, Mbappe rounded two defenders on the right side of midfield and put in a low cross for Gingchak to poke in for a late winner, setting in ecstasy, ecstasy, ecstasy ecstasy, whatever, uh, for the Wolfsburg fans watching at home.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it was a Wolfsburg domination in that game. They really should have won it a lot more comfortably than they did. But, you know, you can imagine the scenes they would have been had there been fans. And you can imagine the scenes across Germany and all the Wolfsburg households and neighbourhoods. There would have been absolute um, jubilation. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a game where Wolfsburg came out of it winners, deserved winners, but again, they left it late.
0: Yeah, and we one of the only late winners of the games and I think that puts them into sixth and although they probably won't be able to get Champions League football seeing as they are 11 points off, uh, for the hopes of Euro- um, Europa League, it's really looking to conciliate them for, while Um, their rivals for that, Freiburg and Schalke managed, and Hoffenheim managed to lose points. They got a very important win there.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. Um, Next
0: game, Nathan. Yeah, moving on to the next game. We have muching Gladback versus Frankfurt in another very one-sided game. For the first goal of the match, in the first minute, clear, collected the ball in the beginning of the opposition half, and played a quick one-two with Newhouse before calmly finishing into the bottom corner of the net. And what was a really nice goal for Borussia Muching Gladbach. Uh, for the second goal, Ginter sprayed a beautiful ball into the left channel for Ben Sabani to collect. He easily passes defender and put a low cross for, for Thoram to score very easily probably his easiest goal of the season for Marcus Thuram, and for the third goal Indica challenged for the ball with Mbolo and pushed him over for a penalty Ben Savani coolly placed it into the corner of the net past Trap who could only put a hand on it to push it further into the left side of the goal and for what was their only compilation of the night uh, Frankfurt scored when Sebastian Rowe drove into the opposition half and played it into Andre Silva who finished past Sommer in what is a rare goal conceded for Sommer this season
1: that game? Well, a rare goal conceded for some of but also a rare goal scored for Frankfurt. I mean, that sums up their season basically in a game. Um, I think they could... They, the the sort of body of the team is still there from the, the incredible team they had last season that took them to the Europa League semi-finals. But the difference is up front. I mean, Andre Silva uh, has struggled at a lot of clubs. Um, uh, AC Milan being one of them. Uh, Sevilla as well. He's a he's a player who's been at big clubs and hasn't hasn't worked out for him at big clubs, and it doesn't seem to be working for him at Frankfurt either. He's no replacement for Jovic or Ante Rebic or uh, Sebastian. Of Sebastian Lennar, who's gone to West Ham. So they've had that front three dismantled, and they were just pour up front again. Didn't manage to create much. Didn't manage to score uh, often enough to win that game. And I think much in Gladbach, Have to be dark horses, and you still have to consider them in the tart rate. They're now, I believe, six points off the top of the table. So, yes, I don't see Bayern dropping that many points. But you know, if much and Gladbach go and beat Bayern or beat Dortmund or beats um, um, Leipzig when they go and play them, you know, you win your your small matches and then you go and play your big games. And if you win those, you've got any chance of uh, winning the title.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting to see why Frankfurt struggled so much in that game. And I think part of that is because they went back to training league. Do you think that's part of a uh, of reason why them and other teams might have struggled this game week?
1: Definitely, definitely. So if you look at uh, Frankfurt and it was uh, Werder Bremen, they were the two teams who came back to training last. They were both absolutely battered. And I think that's something we'll see in the Premier League if different teams and different players choose to go back to training at different times. We'll see... Uh, a discrepancy in the quality in those early weeks. I think that will probably even out the more you go on because you build up match fitness. But early on, it's it is something that will continue for some time because you, they lose about a week's advantage. Leverkusen have been training for a week more than Werder Bremen and which and Gladbeck have been training for a week more than Frankfurt. So it was evident there and, uh, yeah, they pay the price.
0: Moving on to Cologne versus Might for the first goal of the game. Butch won his own penalty after a darting run into the opposition box, which he coolly converted into the bottom right corner to start the scoring for Cologne. Uh, for the second goal for Cologne, Oz put in a beautiful cross at the back post when, where Coyne had a diving header and ran onto the ball to head it into the back of the net. At Tuna, you may have thought Cologne would be able to win it, but Mainz had a different idea. For the third goal of the game, Mainz collected the ball in the field and played a beautiful piercing pass onto Kaysen on the right, who, put, who crosses a low cross into our Awaniwi, our if I got that wrong, I'm sorry, Our Awaniyai, to pass into the bottom of the net. Uh, and then for the equaliser, Malong, who's a central defender, I believe, which is what's surprising about this, collected the ball in defence and set on a beautiful attacking run through the heart clone, using his pace and strength to get past the entire solo defence and tuck it into the bottom corner, completing a Mainz comeback and a beautiful solo goal. That game was probably what's disappointing for Clones to drop a two-nil lead.
1: Um, yeah, also disappointing from our predictions last week. We were talking about the games last week, and I said to you, Nathan, uh, Nathan, how many games you will be watching? Probably don't bother watching this one. I mean, it was one of the most exciting games of the week. With a, it was a, I classed it last week as a boring lower mid-table clash. Um, I think it's a good advertisement for German football because it shows that even the lower quality games, as such can have such exciting storylines and have such exciting uh, sort of outcomes. And I think it was a great game of football. uh, I regret not watching it. Um, I found some extended highlights on YouTube, 20-minute highlights, and I enjoyed every single one of those 20 minutes. And um, yeah, it was a great advertisement for German football in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Moving on to Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich and what was another vital game to start the title race. Subotic swung at Goretzka carelessly after losing the ball, and Goretzka gave and gave away a penalty. Lewandowski st- steps up to do what he does best and calmly really puts the ball past the goalkeeper into the net uh, for the second goal of the game for Bayern in the 80th minute. Joshua Kimmich puts in a corner into a dangerous area, and Pavard rises above the Union Berlin defense to settle the game for Bayern. I thought Union Berlin might be able to do something here. We've seen them be uh, underdogs this season and beat sides like Dortmund and. uh Gladbach. so I thought they might have been able to get some points across Bayern but Bayern with a very workmanlike performance and did what was needed of them
1: Well exactly, it's, it's what you'd call a comfortable performance from a big team when you always feel they could play better if they needed to play better um, Union Berlin, their home fans have been really driving them this season and uh, Pavard scored which uh, Pavard, you might know him from um, that goal, that goal he scored at the World Cup in the French winning team his goal this weekend, as Nathan described, wasn't quite as good as that goal. But, um, you know, that you only score those kinds of goals once in a lifetime. And, you know, they're all just as important, really.
0: Yeah, I think just workmanlike performance all around. And Lewandowski, again, getting on the score sheet in, in an incredible season. For Bayern, he's been probably their second greatest striker ever, only after Jerd Muller. And it's just brilliant to see how good he can be and probably the world's best striker right now, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, the last game, Bremen versus Leverkusen. This was last night, Monday night. Yeah. Um, what for have? the
0: first goal of the game in what started a very impressive home route for Leverkusen, Moussa Diaby ran past his defenders to put a cross into the back post, where Kai Havertz uh, playing up front in what is a, a different position to what he usually does shows how good he can be and headed it into the back of the net. For the second goal, when Werder Bremen's only goal of the game and equaliser, Bittencourt swung in a corner from the left for Debrey Selassie to flick onto the back of the net. Very similar to Freiburg's only goal against uh, Leverkusen and against um, Leipzig. But unfortunately, in this game, Verdebrain wouldn't get the luck that Freiburg would against Leipzig. Uh, For the third goal of the game and Leverkusen's second, Demabai swung in a free kick from the right side of the box and Havertz loses his marker easily to head into the back of the net and get a brace for this game. For the fourth goal, Havertz again important to Leverkusen played a ball out on the left to Moussa Diaby, who missed controls at first, but then manages to put in the cross into the running on Verts to head in easily. Uh, and for the fifth goal and final goal of the game to complete the scoring for this match week and back coming from football, Arbi cut inside from a right flank and plays a lovely no-look blast to Demabai, who chips past the scrawling Klavlenka to get his first goal for the Bundesliga club. By Leverkusen, by Leverkusen just looked absolutely brilliant here players like Musti, Arvi, Demabai and Kai Havertz just absolutely running the show. And uh, Do you think they could be part of a title race this season or is it too late for them?
1: I think it's probably too late. I mean, if we're counting Leipzig out, I think we have to probably count Leverkusen out. I mean, obviously it's football, so you can't really count either of them out, but I think realistically, the only team that could trouble them are Dortmund and maybe... Much in Gladbach at a strat. But I think overall Bayern are just such a strong side, and you wouldn't want to put money against them because you know they've won it every year since 2011 with that Jurgen Klopp side.
0: Yeah, it's been really kind of disappointing for me as a neutral to see what happened last season with Dortmund, where they lost the lead once you had for the whole season, uh, and I think this season I I don't want Bayern to win it. I think they just they will. I can't see past the quality they have in players like Gnabry and Muller and Kimmich and Lewandowski, of course. And I, I don't really think you can put it past them to, to just comfortably pass out all the games. But looking on to next week's fixture, uh, I think this is what is going to be the game of the weekend. In incredibly important game for the title race in Borussia Mutchen Gladbach, no, Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Mutchen. A very important game for the title race. What do you think about that, Luca?
1: Wait, hold on. What, what game are you looking at, Nick? Uh, I'm looking at um,
0: Borussia uh, Dortmund versus Bayer Leverkusen on the Tuesday. So, Dortmund first have a game against uh, Wolfsburg, while Bayern have a game against Frankfurt on uh, the weekend. But on Tuesday, Dortmund play Bayern next week, which is going to be a very important game.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. Uh I was just looking at the Bundesliga website and that's counted kind as of a different game week. Yeah, um sorry. Um no, if we look straight to the weekend, I think the game of the weekend has to be Borussia Mönchengladbach, Gladbach, who we just spoke about in third place, and Bayer Leverkusen in fifth place. Now Leverkusen are only one point behind Much and Gladbach uh after that run of fix uh that week uh, game week, uh that match day. So that game I I guess it's a game that if either team lose, we count them out of the title race altogether and probably a draw as well. So I think this will define the season for both these teams and terms of the title, whoever wins or loses this game. Yeah, I, I,
0: against- again, do you personally see winning that game? Because I'm going to go for the Leverkusen. I think they've got a really good run of form, like playing Kai Havertz up front. Uh, and I don't think you could put it past them to win. Who do you think will get the three points down?
1: I honestly disagree. I think Mitch and Gladbach are so consistent, and I think they will beat them. And I think their run will continue to the end of the season to put pressure on the top two. Um, top two: Borussia Dortmund against Wolfsburg. I mean, Wolfsburg are pushing for Europe, but I think Dortmund should be able to beat them. Uh, another notable game: Bayern Munich against Frankfurt. I mean, based off this weekend's fixtures should be an easy enough game for
0: Bayern Munich. Yeah, I think that will just be a, a quite an easy route. But a game we actually looked past in what will be quite sad to see is the Berlin versus Union Berlin. It's, uh, this rivalry has been going on for a very long time and this is one of the first seasons where Union Berlin have been in the same division as Hertha Berlin. And it'll be very disappointing to see such an intense rivalry in the German capital to be played without fans. And I think it's just another problem we get with coronavirus. Very sad to see that happen.
1: And if we look ahead to the midweek games, which will be happening, well, this will this game will happen uh, a week's time from when this podcast goes live on uh, Tuesday the 26th of May at 5.30. It's Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich at the Signal in Duna Park. And Dortmund haven't lost a game at home this season. Now, is that all about the change? Uh, possible, but I think this game shapes the season. I think if if Dortmund lose it, seven points is far too big of a gap uh, for them to catch back up. But if Dortmund win that game, the point gap goes down to one, and one point is definitely doable uh, because no team is perfect. Unless I mean it, go on a city style run of fifteen wins in a row, they will drop points at some point, and Dortmund will have the opportunity to pound.
0: Yeah, I'm. Um... I think it's, it's definitely by far the game of the season. But you talk about their Dortmund not losing a game at home all season. I, I think that's going to change purely because of, A, Bayern's quality, but also Dortmund don't have that uh, yellow wall behind them this, uh, this game week, which has been so important in this season. So they don't really have that home advantage that they would have had the whole season. And I would just think Bayern will have too much quality and probably a brace from, Le- uh, from Lewandowski will will put us running our tracks and probably end the title race for the season, which I don't want to happen, but I fear it will because Bayern have clearly had such good quality since their new caretaker manager
1: has come in. Who do you see winning at Lukaku? I think that. Yeah, I, I want to say Dortmund. You know, I'll say Dortmund. Dortmund will win it. Dortmund will win it. Um, for thinking, but Dortmund will win it. Um, no, really, other notable games that week? Maybe Leipzig, Hertha one to watch out for that's on the Wednesday nights so if you want to watch one per night I think the ones you've got to watch out for on the Tuesday and the Wednesday are Dortmund by Munich and Hertha against Leipzig those are both at the 5.30 there's also games on at 7.30 every night on that Wednesday and that Tuesday sorry not every night Um, so those are probably the best games to watch out for
0: uh, I uh, I would agree with those uh, definitely and that's going to conclude what we've done for the Bundesliga this season uh, but moving on to a very interesting headline uh, for the Premier League. I've seen Dini start to complain about going back to training. He says he will not return to training because he feels he's putting his family at risk. What do you think about this headline, Luca? It's quite an important one. OK, so this is
1: Troy Dini, and he's come out in an interview, and what he said is that he's, in the, he's, he's the Watford captain, so they have a captain's meeting with all the reps from the Premier League and the FA and the EFL. And um, he asked questions about, because black uh, and Asian minority ethnic groups are uh, statistically four times more likely to catch the virus and two times more likely to die of it than white people. So um, Dini was asking questions about will there be extra screening or protection for... Uh, black and Asian ethnic minority group uh, players and the Premier League Union reps, according to Dini, did not have an answer to his question. So it is stated he's not going back to training because he doesn't want to catch the virus while it's training, bring it back home to his family and put his, his family at risk. And I mean, that's completely understandable from my eyes.
0: I think it's understandable but a big complaint a lot of people are having about this is when there's supermarket workers constantly putting their family at risk, and although they are essential, they're off for very low wages and they're doing that because they understand for the good of the country. And Deni, with his uh, massive weekly salary, is refusing to go back to training, and I think he, a lot of people are having a problem with him collecting massive money and refusing to do what is required of him by his job. The government have deemed that it's safe to do his job, and, and they're saying that if, if the government have deemed that, then that's what you have to do is your job as whenever it's safe to do it, you should do it.
1: Oh, I definitely see both points of view. I think he does have a point that there has to be some sort of measures put in place because the, the statistics don't lie and clearly he is more at risk than some other players. So if he wants protection, I think it's his right to make sure that he feels comfortable going back. But on the other hand, I do understand that he is on a massive wage and there are people on far less going back to do far more important jobs. Yeah, um, do you, think, do you so, think it has
0: something to do with the relegation battle? Because we've seen that the West Ham chairman, uh, Katie Brady, I believe, uh, has complained about going back as well and says the season should be scrapped. And we want to let Watford and West Ham are both in very important relegation battles for them. Do you think part of it is to do with where their club might be ending up at the end of the season?
1: look I, I want to say no but you can't rule it out and i think if you look at the clubs who are opposed to it it's all the clubs at the bottom of the premier league so that's aston villa who would go down if the season was uh if the season was con- was to continue aston villa looked like they will go down uh watford in a relegation battle brighton who in dreadful form before the season ended um and west ham so all the players chilling at the bottom of the league Uh, and all the teams there don't look so keen to go back. And I want to think that Dini isn't opposed to this for that reason. I think also we have to look at how the story develops is depending on how other players come out and respond to this. If players, other players come out and say, look, I agree with Dini, there needs to be more protection. I think the Premier League has to offer some sort of support and protection to the players who need it and uh, want it. But if it's just Deeney, what happens? Does Deeney uh, sort of agree to going back? Or does Deeney just simply not play the rest of the games with Watford? Because that would be a big loss for them. Yeah,
0: it's it's, it's going to be an interesting end of the season. I think you certainly wouldn't see teams such as Liverpool, Leicester or Sheffield United complaining about it. So although we like to think it's all about, how it, um, about the impending... Uh, Health risks. It's then, probably very related as well to the positions at the top. But I think
1: also you have to look at Liverpool, Leicester, and Sheffield United. If it was unsafe, would they want to come back anyway because of their football gains? I mean, it goes both ways. It's so difficult for the Premier League and the government to decide when it's safe to go back, mm-hmm. and no one will ever always agree with that. That will never. You can never get everyone happy. It's just about getting as many people happy as possible and keeping everyone safe. I think it's the main priorities that Premier League have to have.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm reading another another headline here, Luca, which says that a total of 748 players from 19 clubs were tested uh, in on Saturday and got their test results back. And over and six tests have been uh, found to be positive for coronavirus across three clubs. And we're just. I'm here hoping that it doesn't end. Uh, put a stop in what could be the reopening of the season. But do you think that might have something to do with, end, with just voiding the season now if people are coming back and are being tested positive in numerous different clubs?
1: OK, so I think this is a good moment to get those positive tests out of the way because training hasn't started yet. So at the moment, what Premier League clubs can do is simply isolate those players. But the problem is if we get those positive tests when a whole squad is training at full high level with contact, at that point, you have to isolate the entire squad. And it gets even more complicated when there's positive tests during the games because then you don't only have to isolate that squad, you also have to isolate the squad, that, that the team that that, uh, that that team played. So let's do, just as an example, say Mohammed Salah test positive for coronavirus. Liverpool have just played, I don't know, <laughs> Christian Palace. So um, they have to isolate Salah, the entire Liverpool squad, and also the entire Palace squad who played uh, in the last game week because they were in close contact with Salah. So it's it's so difficult, but I think it's better. Obviously, it's worrying for the players, but I think it's better to get these tests out of the way now so that the restock can go smoothly. I think this won't be a hiccup yet, but if these positive tests continue... Because there were positive tests in the Bundesliga the week before the league started it's when there's a lot of positive tests. I think five out of 700 is a relatively known number. If we start seeing after the league starts and after trading starts, bigger numbers, I'd have to say the, the league won't be able to finish. I think the, the title has to be given to Liverpool. And I think I think you probably relegate the three teams at the bottom of the league.
0: Yeah, there's, there's just so many issues going around. But we've seen in the Bundesliga 2, which was uh, ready to comment this weekend and did, uh, the entire Dynamo Dresden squad had their fixtures cancelled because or um, delayed because of their self-isolation. And I think that's just an example of even if one club does get um, a massive um, problem with coronavirus, we can still keep on with the season as long as they haven't been in contact with other clubs. And I think that's a very positive sign for us in English football, hoping to get
1: football back. Definitely. Definitely. For me, it's all fine with the positive tests. Obviously, it's not fine, but it, the closer we get to football restarting, the less positive nest needs to be coming out. And when football restarts, if we continue to see positive tests, the season cannot continue. Yeah, simple as. Yep,
0: yeah, uh, I wouldn't agree more. Uh, and I think that's where we're going to finish for this week, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us in the Match Day podcast. I've been your host, Nathan Bannister, and this has been my co host, Luca Rizzo. Uh, and thanks for joining us and I hope we're back here next week goodbye and thanks for listening